This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. We have a special guest with us. We have Jeff from Racking Up Rentals. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So we have a mutual friend, Dion from Dion Talk. Strikes again, makes an introduction. Uh, so shout out Dion. He's actually on his road trip with his two brothers. I can't imagine the kind of trouble those three are getting into, uh, but it should make for some good stories later. Uh, so Jeff, why don't you tell the One Rental at a Time audience a little bit about yourself and what you do in this crazy world of real estate? Yeah, thank you. I, so I feel, I should say, I feel like I'm maybe the weird kid off in the corner doing kind of a different thing. Um, but I, I started out not doing a different thing. I started out kind of just learning everything I could, trying to soak it up. This is many years ago in probably 2005, bought a triplex, then sort of learning about some more. The, the triplex was a very conventional deal, um, listed on the market, bank loan, all that. Yeah. Then I started learning some other more, I don't know, creative, uh, maybe we could say things like wholesaling and whatnot. And I started applying those and I got to be honest, it didn't feel right to me. Like yeah. I was doing what they said. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll stick with it. But it, it didn't. It's like I kind of made sense up here a little little bit, but in my heart, it did not make sense. And mm. I really got stuck as a result of that. Cause I'm like, I just, it, it sounds, it sounds harsh, but it sounds, it all felt a little dirty and sleazy. And it, yeah. I couldn't get past that. So I had this whole journey of like several years of kind of like sitting on the sidelines and thinking like, there's gotta be a way to do some stuff in a creative and entrepreneurial manner that doesn't make me feel like I'm being inauthentic to myself. And after a while, I kind of got it figured out. And uh, so I've been a full-time real estate uh, investor or entrepreneur, as I would say, since 2013 now. And so we did it part-time for a while before that. And uh, now I'm kind of spreading the message of my unique way of doing things, which is pretty much about buying properties off market, often with seller financing, but being really relationship oriented, like being good sitting in living rooms, basically. Yeah. You know, I think I'm Let's just have this conversation, right? So wholesaling, is an industry that has taken off uh, like because of social media, lots of people out there have made lots of money and, and now there are systems and programs and teaching and mentoring and, and all, and people are seeing it that to me, my opinion, people are attracted to wholesaling because they see it as a way to make a lot of money without any of their money. Right. My opinion only. I think that's what attracts them. Yeah. They see the big checks. They see all those things, but you're right. A lot of that, right. I mean, I, can't, I remember reading one time, this is years ago, somebody was celebrating, essentially stealing a home from somebody's grandmother um, for you know, half of what it was. And they were gloating. And so I totally get what you mean by just feeling icky. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's okay. If, if you can go to, if you could sleep at night doing that, who am I to say? But you would not see me doing that. So I get it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the, if we look at wholesaling as, as what it is, you, you go out, you find opportunities, you, you negotiate it, and then you, you pass the opportunity nicely to somebody who's going to mm -hmm. take advantage. Of, I think intrinsically, there's nothing, I think that's great. You know, I oh, think yeah. that's a valuable service, but it's a lot of the, 
the actual kind of tactics and stuff that like the way people do it, that it's never really resonated very well with me. So I really had to kind of get around that. Yeah. And let, let me be clear. I'm not talking down on wholesalers. And again, my, I, I think, I don't know what it is. 5% of the people out there are horrible actors doing what I consider dirty things, but yeah. that's still 5%. Uh, but that said, I work with wholesalers all the time. I actually have an office in Fresno called the hub where four people are wholesalers and they're doing the right things. Yeah. Again, there is a right way to do it. You are, you totally. are helping people. There are people in situations, Jeff, that can't sell their house on the MLS. It's not, it's not clean. There's other issues. Maybe it's no, no margin. They can't pay a realtor. It's, I mean, there are lots of great wholesaling is a valid business. Yeah. Just don't be that 5% <laughs> in my <laughs> totally. opinion. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then I love the fact that you have gone to the next level of having seller conversations. Yeah. and seller financing. I personally believe, especially the setup right now, right? Eviction moratorium over, higher taxes coming between September and December 31st. I expect personally to do a lot of seller finance deals because again, I can go to a seller that's owned the house for 20 plus years, probably free and clear, probably depreciated to zero and go, hey, why don't I give you some monthly payments for the next 10 years? I'll give you a little bit money now so you can, you know, go on a cruise or whatever you want. And uh, let's make this win-win. Yep. It's going to be amazing, right? People don't realize a lot of the people that have owned houses 20 years are not interested in paying 53% in taxes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So, so why don't you, why don't you walk through a deal for us? Just like one of your standard deals that you've done here recently, just to show the power of, really honest communication. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say what I, I actually, I start with the end in mind, you know, as they say, and I know that ideally, although I'm open to other, you know, other things, I want to buy a property with seller financing off market. So I can just sit in the living room and find something that works for everybody. Yeah. So I start with that end in, end in mind and I work backwards to kind of reverse engineer mm. the whole thing. So you, you know, you just mentioned uh, exactly one of the key points is that a lot of seller financing is driven by uh, capital gains tax concerns, right? Mm -hmm. So I ask myself the question, well, who, who's a good seller financing candidate? Probably someone with nasty capital gains tax bill. <laughs> and so who's that? Well, they've owned it for a while. They've probably depreciated it down to, to nothing. Um, they've, they've owned it in a, for a period of time that they've seen a lot of appreciation and they've taken the depreciation, all that. Uh, and they're absentee owners for the most part, right? And mm -hmm. so I simply get a list uh, from my title company of mm -hmm. absentee owners, people who've owned a property for 10 plus years and in, in my uh, little buy box, physical sandbox region, yeah. right? types of properties I want to buy. And I actually will look at um, plexes and homes. So there's a little bit of variety sure. in terms of my product type there, but very specific geographic boundaries within my market. Cool. And I send them a nice letter. It's dead simple. I send them a nice letter. And I say, my name is Jeff. Uh, I'm writing to you because I'd love to buy a property like this one that I see you own, if ever you would consider uh, selling that property, would you give me a call? Because I'd love to have that conversation with you. The letters doesn't say anything about like, I want to pay cash. I want to close next week. I want to take it as is. None of that. It's just like, I'm a normal guy. I'd like to talk with you if ever the time is right. Um, please give me a call. I want them to feel like it's very safe to call this Jeff guy back because he feels like my peer, not a, a yeah. home buyer, not a, not a solution provider, but just like a, a dude like yeah. me. And uh, we can have an, a nice, normal conversation. And it kind of goes 
from there. It's a very relationship oriented kind of approach. Yeah. Starting off strong. People, people don't get this. You know, a lot of, so first off, this is, this is a pet peeve of mine. Every wholesaler I know says they're marketing to sellers. Mm -hmm. You are not marketing to sellers. You are freaking marketing to owners, you morons. (laughs) They're not sellers yet. They're owners first. So market to them in a letter that treats them (laughs) like owners. Yeah. Hey, if you ever consider, and oh, by the way, I love the fact you don't bring up cash. Do you guys realize that lots of people at that point don't need cash? Exactly. Right. They're, they're doing okay. Right. Cash is, you know, cash could actually be a problem, right? (laughs) Getting a lump sum of cash could, their relatives could come say, give me some, give me some, their kids can say, give me some, give me some cash could be a problem. Most of them keep their rentals, Jeff, because they want income. So transition the income from being a headaches of daily management to be the damn bank. Yep, exactly. Yep. I would say, I mean, my, I have it. I totally have an avatar, although I have it. I didn't craft it this way. It just, this is the avatar I end up with. It's someone It's about 70. Yep. They've been a landlord for quite a while. They've been a landlord because they liked having income. Mm-hmm. They, they are well aware that they could do a 1031 exchange and defer capital gains that way, but they're kind of done they're being just done. that chapter of life. Yeah. And so either they know about installment sales as a method of tax deferral or, or they don't. And I get a chance to share that with them, but either way, to your point, you know, they, they had this property in the first place for income. If they sell it, poof, there goes the income. And now they've got a project that it's like, let me go take this money out into the world and try to replicate the income stream. Like why go to that effort? Yeah, exactly. Totally. Oh, I love that. So I didn't ask you earlier, you talked about what's, what state city, where, where are you at? Where do you invest? I'm in Oregon. So I'm, I'm okay. pretty much exclusively just right in the inner city of Portland, Oregon. Okay. And I do a little bit of work in Bend, Oregon as well. Oh, I know Bend. Yeah. yeah. Funny story about Bend, Oregon. I don't know why this popped in. So my family had always told me once I'm 18, you can do whatever you want. So I tested them. My 18th birthday, I said, I'm driving to Oregon. They said, good, good luck. I'm like, shit, now I got to drive to Oregon. <laughs> so I drove to Bend, Oregon <laughs> on my 18th birthday. I don't know why that popped in my head. That was so funny. I didn't think they'd let me, but they're 18. Go ahead. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I digress. That was a long time. You called them on their bluff. Yeah, I did. And they said, go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Take a picture. Oh, that's funny. That's a funny story. But yeah, so again, this, this, is, this is a skill. It's actually in my course. I added it. We had an accountant talk about cap gains, installment sales, creative financing, all of that. I love the avatar. It's it's, I, I think, I think every, every buying mechanism has its season, right? This is, this always works, right? If you, at any yeah. time you find it, but I think you are in a, a such a unique spot because we are clearly going to have higher taxes next year and are coming out of an event. I mean, I cannot imagine a better four month window, like to triple mm-hmm. your marketing, like yeah. it's time to go ham. Cause again, you still got to get, you got to get in, in escrow probably by the 10th of December, right? Even mm-hmm. if you're going to do these, right? Cause it still takes time and you still have these holidays. So yeah. really you've got three months. Um, yeah. So I'm guessing you're going to go nuts these next three months. It's a really great point. Yeah. It's a, it's a great point. And it's funny. I don't know if you experience this, but I all the time, cause I'm, when I'm out in public, I'm sort of talking about seller financing. And of course, so many people go, but Jeff, don't you realize it's a seller's market. Sellers want <laughs> cash. They don't want seller financing. And I go, well, I understand why you would think that. But there's always people who want to defer capital gains. There are always people who don't really want to do uh, to buy another property, especially because yeah, when it's a great time to sell a property, might not be a great time to buy exactly. one. There's that. 
there are always people who want an income stream without a new project to go find where it's coming from. Uh, there are all, always people who say, I could take, take the cash, but I don't really know what I'd do with it. It's a problem. And yeah. It's an, uh, it's, so it's like, an, to me, it's an evergreen thing. So the art is actually not, I like to say, we, we're not shopping for properties. We're shopping for people. We're shopping for a seller a or situation. a property owner yeah. in that situation where exactly. this particular type of idea might be relevant to them. Yeah. And again, I, I would, I, I strongly encourage you to think owners. Cause again, if you're in this situation, your letter might be the thing that makes them a seller. Cause right now they're like, ah, oh, screw it. I'm going to own it till I'm dead. It's my kid's problem. Yeah. But now you can go, Hey, I can give you, I can keep the income. I can reduce taxes. And Oh, by the way, your kids don't want this anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much it's yeah. You're, you're, you're shopping for an owner who's in a situation, your avatar, as you said. Yeah. And so thinking of this, um, how many marketing pieces, I don't know, do you count monthly, weekly? I don't, I don't know how people count these things. Yeah, I would say we probably send uh, maybe on average like three to 400 a week. That's not like bad. that. Yeah. yeah. So call it 500 a week. They're, I don't know, what are they, 60 cents a piece? So it's like 300 bucks. Am I doing that math right? 300 bucks a week in marketing? Yeah. So we actually, we send, uh, ours are more about a dollar a piece after kind of- Oh, like so it's a full letter. And it's a full, like a real stamp, all that. Got it. That so stuff. it's a buck. Okay. So yeah. So 400 yeah. bucks a week. That's yeah. not bad. Ish. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then uh, I'm sure you track your hit rate or conversion or whatever you call. How many phone calls do you get? Let's go there. Yeah. So it's a good, it's a really good question. And I do kind of track it, but the, here's, I have a theory, actually did a podcast episode on this recently that- what my definition of good marketing is, uh -huh. is hard to measure. And that, that is a good thing. So here's the quick explanation on that. Okay. I like to think that if you were sending a postcard that said, you know, I want to buy your house. Uh, it's, it's all cash as is blah, blah, blah. Somebody gets that and they're like, you know, that's either yes, that's for me or, or no. And then they just throw it, away. throw it away. There's no like residual value. Nobody goes, oh, what a nice glossy postcard from this something solution provider. I think I'll hold on to that. You know, <laughs> let's put it on the fridge. Like nobody says that. But if you send them a nice letter that makes you feel like a real person who's a safe call yeah. and the time isn't right for them, they will keep it. There's a residual value That's the key of the letter. There. Yeah. You're, totally. They're going to put it in the drawer for the day when. Exactly. Exactly. So I can send my 500 letters, for instance, and two weeks later say, well, how many calls did I get? But that wouldn't really be an accurate way of, of looking at it because I know from my many years of experience doing this, I will get a call two months from now. I'll get a call nine months from now. Exactly. And someone will say, you know, time wasn't right. I put your letter in a file folder and now I'm calling you. Um, so I like to think of it. Here's my visual. It's like when you're marketing, when you're doing this type of marketing, anyway, you're grabbing a handful of seeds and you're walking out into the dirt, you're sprinkling the seeds, and then you're going to water the seeds and you know that some of those seeds are going to sprout fast. Some are never going to sprout at all. Some are going to sprout next month. Some are going to sprout around Christmas, whatever. Um, and so it's hard to know exactly like when you do that measurement and say, here's how many calls I got. Um, but I like the fact that I, there are two things I hear all the time. And I, I love both of these actually. The first one is people say, Jeff, I get mail about my property all the time. I've never called anybody back before. I'm not even sure exactly why I'm calling you back, but you just seem mm. like a regular person. Like and then the second thing is uh, when they call, you know, months or years later and say, I got your letter. I've just been holding on to it. And now it's the right time to talk. That's awesome. That's awesome. So when you, do, I don't know how you work your business. Do you set a goal every year to add units or transactions or how do you kind of measure how good the year has been? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. I'm, 
I guess I'm, I'm fortunate, you know, family situation, my wife works. I don't, I don't have to make like a big living necessarily every, every year. So I don't really focus too much on um, real specific goals like that. I, okay. I feel more like opportunistic. So I want to always be able to buy the properties I want to buy to hold, sure. but I'm also happy to do a, a flip or something like that when, when the deal kind of suggests that most to me. Mm -hmm. So I could have a year where I do a, a lot, which for me might be, you know, seven or eight transactions. I'm not a high volume guy and a slower year might be two or three. Um, but, uh, you know, it could be like buying a nice long-term, you know, like I bought a fourplex this year, zero cash flow right now, but it is a freaking gorgeous property in an amazing location. And I will be able to transform it over time. And like, it's, it is the, the type of thing that sings to my heart that I want in my portfolio. Okay. Uh, do a couple like lower end flips here and there, but I kind of like when, when the leads come to me, I process them and decide the best thing to do in the moment. Yeah. And if that results in four flips and one rental this year, so be that's it. fine. If it results in 40 units of long-term hold and zero flips next year, I'm okay with that too. That's awesome. That's a great place to be in. Uh, that, that is so awesome. How can people follow you, Jeff, be part of your world? See what's going on. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I have a Facebook group called Rental Portfolio Wealth Builders, and we talk a lot nice. about this sort of off-market and seller financing oriented approach. And then I have a podcast, which you're going to be a guest on here any moment. Uh, we'll release that episode called Racking Up Rentals. Awesome. Do yourself a favor, folks. Follow Jeff. He's doing amazing things. And you've heard me say it on my channel many times. Seller financing is the skill. I think everything works all the time, but there's always a season. Dude, eviction moratorium over, higher taxes. We got a little window to go figure it out. Follow Jeff. And of course, it's in the co course is a bonus section. Thank you very much, Jeff. This is a lot of fun. Thank you.